How come I started with him on the screen and before I even come <laughs> on the screen? You, you, you know something's wrong, Lord. <laughs> that, that's how the, the much fun we've been having behind the scenes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Perspectives and Focus. This is your boy, James Hicks, coming to you live on a, was it Thursday night? Thursday night. Matt, look, so I wanted to bring you on right away before even saying a whole lot. I, I got my guy. This, 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 right, this man right here is the, the consummate professional. George is, look, sales leader, chief technologist, chief strategist. If, I, if you look at his business card, I, you know, <laughs> there, there's not enough room to really, really explain, express the skills that this man has from an enterprise technology perspective. Um, he focuses on everything from competitive intelligence. He focuses on things like sales enablement. Uh, technology enablement for for partners and for customers and architects and engineers and things of that nature. George Maestri, talk to me, brother. How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing well, brother. And it's good to talk to you. It's been a minute. Um, been too long. It's been, I'm, yeah, it's been too long, and it's good to talk to you. you. Look good. I love I love the scruff. I love the scruff. <laughs> you know, I can't let mine go because it's too gray. Like on mine, I'd be like instead of two chains, I'd be too gray. It'll be like far. <laughs> It'll definitely be too great. I couldn't, I couldn't know, but it looks dope. I like it. Thank you, brother. Um, this, is, this is my COVID growth right here. You know, since we're, we're not traveling anymore, I don't, I haven't put a suit on and look, look let me uh, tell you something. Let's get focused right, right off the bat, brother. I, I haven't put a suit on in like, you know, I don't know, eight months. And I know I can't fit into them anymore, but you know, <laughs> But that's what we used to do, right, T- together. So talk to the folks. I mean, I, I gave that quick elevator pitch, but talk to yeah. the folks about who it is that you are and what it is that you do. Brother. So all those titles are made up. I just embellished them. I just found titles on, on Google, and I said, oh, that sounds good, and then I threw it in my in my profile. Um, it, it's um, So I'm a, I'm a – what am I, right? I'm a technologist, evangelist, um, ultimately for HPE, uh, where I'm at, I'm not, and this is not, a, don't consider that a plug. It's, a, it's just where I'm at right now. Um, it, my, my job is to be an industry analyst. That's essentially what I am. Right? I'm an analyst that looks at the industry from all different perspectives. And I do focus uh, a lot on competitive intelligence, um, not to bash or attack competition as much as just to pay attention where the market's going. So generally speaking, my job is heavily on the business development side, but it's a lot of analytical uh, traditional analytics, not actually analytics of data, but uh, of where the market's going, who's doing what, and having an understanding of how they're doing it from a technology deep dive level, as well as a, from a market dynamics perspective, what's successful, where it's selling, why is it successful, where it's selling, th- those kinds of things. Uh, and understanding the technology and the financial profile goes along with it. So it is a unique job. It's like 90 hours a week of just research. And then, mm-hmm. the, the, and then the rest of that, the rest of the time, it's just talking shit, right? So that's just, <laughs> but that's that's uh that's what I have. <laughs> that, look, see, there, there we go, right there. So now, now we're getting into George, right? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Anytime this man has a room full of technology people listening to his message, we are glued. And it's uh, just, for one reason, it's because he comes in with energy, turned up to two hundred percent. Comes yeah. in cranking the old school hip hop. Come in dropping, you know whatever bombs that you want to drop, but you know what <laughs> you, you resonate. And, and, and the thing that you really know how to do is, is tell a story. 
Right. So I think that's what that's what connects with the folks, regardless of what you're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about enterprise technology. We're, we're talking about uh, RPO, RTO, latency. We're talking about NVMe. What you know, those things, no, nobody really cares about that. But you make it plain and you tell the story of how it relates to your business. And, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but again, this is kind of the the impression that I've gotten every time that I've been to one of your sessions. I don't know if you ever remembered every time you were speaking, I'm, I'm near the front of the room. I'm, I'm not I'm not yes. I'm not lurking in yes. the back. You know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I get all the George that, that that's coming at him. So talk to us talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So. All right. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to clue you into some things. Right. Oh, here so, we go. We're going to drop some things on the No, no. Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Right. So we keep it real. Real. Keep it real. Yes, sir. Having a conversation. We just vibing. So, you know, we grew up very similar mm-hmm. uh, situations. Mm-hmm. Right. You mm-hmm. know that. Um, and I grew up very much in the hood and you and I vibed from the first second we met. And, uh, I was a little lucky. I don't really share this that much, but you know, I grew up with, let's say unsavory, unsavory types Mm -hmm. who, uh, who appreciated actually, um, my, I guess my things about my brain. Right. And, and they protected me. They looked out for me. And, and in that type of, and so many people who are watching this right now are going to be like, well, I don't know what that's like. I went to prep school. I have no idea. What is this guy talking yeah, about? Yeah, you're going to get um, some, like, <laughs> some LinkedIn uh, inquiries yeah, tomorrow morning. Yeah. So that's what's going like, to happen. What? <laughs> like, what? What, is, yeah. you know, what is this guy talking about? Like, I didn't see that in my Catholic school. <laughs> no, uh, but no, like, like for but it's in that life, people tell you stories. That's how they, that's how they relate. Everything is a story. Like, what happened to your boy? Hey, you haven't seen my boy in a minute. What happened to my oh, bro? You didn't know? Let me tell you. And then it's, and how information is relayed to you is a story. Yeah. So as, as you come up and you get more educated, especially in this industry, you start realizing that, you know, stories are a good way to connect with people. It's why people say it. And, and for people who grew up in a different way, um, you know, maybe your grandparents tell you story, your parents tell you story. So I, I started being interested in why this works, right? You talk about storytelling. It's interesting, though. So, of course, neuroscience, it, they, they tell you that if you're telling, when you're telling a story, and if it's an interesting story, mm-hmm. people, their brain waves begin to match yours. And it shows actually how people are connected. And you can draw people in with an interesting story. You're pulling people in. It's almost like that hypnotic effect when you're watching a movie and it's two hours long and you're just like, you know, mm-hmm. what happened to those two hours? That movie was like, that movie was for real. What happened to the two hours? Yeah. Black Panther, for example, right? I mean, how, how many people are like, damn, that movie was dope. Where is, like, you wanted more. Yeah. And it's that same, and it's that same type of hypnotic effect. And so if you can, if you can incorporate stories or some style that's similar to that into your presentation style, it works. I love that. I love it. So, I, the, the question, so you, you actually, you, you got me wanting, wanting to pivot just a little bit from, you know, I, I did have some, some core questions, but I, I think I want to ask more of a personal question. Um, and and oh, just, okay. yeah, brother, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get right down to it, you know, late breaking news. Um, a man <laughs> of color, right? And, and to be yeah. so successful in our industry, there, there's not that many of us. No, no, there are very few. Why is that? And how do we change that? Uh, how, how do we bring some other folks up with us? Because again, I mean, you you are at a position within your organization, and you've been at various levels. You've been at that level for for a while. What what's the deterrent? Deterrent, right? Why why are are, are, are why are there not wow. that many um, of us anymore? Oh, there never was, but why why are there just not that many of us? I, I mean, there's hardly any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real. So 
this is real close to my heart, right? Um, I, we, there's a lot of reasons why um, people aren't interested. You know, I, I am, I am probably Latino, but my, you know, I, I am mixed, right? There's, there's black in, in my background, and and I don't, have, I'm not all the way black, but I live it. You know what I mean? And so it's one of those things where it's, it's sort of a an interesting dynamic where I look at you and I see you look like me and I look around and I don't see many people who, who, who have that uh, in, in, uh, in, in my mind anyway, right. Who have that in, in, uh, in our industry. And when I, first thing that stands out to me is, is we don't, we're not presented with opportunities. Wow. Um, yeah. Especially if you're urban, right? Like that's the, that's the other problem is, Generally speaking, you know, you remember when they used to say Ebonics like it wasn't racist? Like, you remember that? Like, yeah. Um, and and uh, like, if it wasn't racist, like, shut the hell. Like, um, but that's that style of speaking that we have, like that hip hop culture that we bring to the table. That's not very welcome in, in this industry. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I joke around my brother, he, he, my brother, Harry, um, giving him a shout out of his businesses, but my brother, Harry, um, he he always comes in. He's like, I could tell when you're working. You got your uh, your white voice on, and I, and I go, what? He's like, and I and I don't I don't catch myself, right? But what what happens is like me and you were talking is how I normally talk, but then I get on a call for work, and it's like, okay, well then, like here, let's we're gonna talk about it. here's how it goes, and it's like I, I you know all of a sudden I became a news anchor, like well yeah. today you know the, the web, and it's something different, right? And I don't do it uh, on purpose per se. I it's think a it's just you know. It is. And I think okay. I'm in that environment. I don't want to be judged by how I sound. So I, I turn on, I just kind of change it, I guess. But I'm definitely feeling like I'm being judged. Now, how many of us want to be like, love, like are comfortable being judged? How many? I mean, think about it. And so it's not an industry that we normally gravitate towards, but it's the, to me, that's the, the, the second problem, right? It's the opportunity. That's the first problem. Like we have to open doors for other people. But we also have to show that this is interesting over here, that this is exciting over here, that you can make money over here. Um, and we're, there's not enough of us doing that. And we need to do that. Now I try to do it. You talk about my presentation style. I try to be a little bit more flamboyant, a little bit more outspoken to show, look, you can do this, James. You know, you're good at this, right? You, I don't know if you remember Delvon, right? Delvon, yeah, one of the Delvin smartest Jones. people you'll ever meet. Yeah. yeah, one of the smartest people you'll ever meet. I yeah. mean, I mean, the first day I met him, the first thing I thought of was how impressive this man's intelligence was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And and uh, and you don't see that, right? And, uh, you know, Delvin's a distinguished technologist at HP, super proud of my brother. And it's one of those things where you just kind of like, where, where, where are like these role models or these examples, probably is a better word. Where are these examples where you can see them, where your kids can see them, where my kids can see them? Where, where are they? Um, you don't really see that. I mean, the, the black and Latino representation in HPE is in, 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 uh, excuse me. I said, oops, I just threw my cup in the little. No, but like in this, in this, in this, in this industry as a whole. I'll throw mine out there too. You know, I used to work at HPE yeah, with you. Oh, I was I 20 years there. So, uh, you know, I'm at Dell now, but you know, it got kind of the same type of thing, brother. Same type of same thing. Same vibe. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's minimal, right? It's not, they're not a lot. And I think it's because, you know, I, I always think of the Dave Chappelle joke, you know, hey, you in school, you got to learn. You got to learn how to how to hit a jump shot or, or sell crack or something because there ain't no hope for us out there. Uh, but, but it's, it's sad. But it's, uh, yeah. it's just that we're, and, and I think, so one of the, actually, funny that you brought this up. So one of the things that, that I'm currently um, doing on my spare time, I just started this. Um, my wife is just started selling wine. 
okay. for a charity. Uh, I forgot our charity's name. I think it's called One Hope is the charity. Now, the, the idea is One Hope is all the wine that she sells, um, some of the proceeds, and I forget, some percentage of the proceeds. It's, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say 50%, but it's some high, it is a high number. The whole reason she's doing it is that it goes to this organization, I believe it's called One Hope. And what they do is she's going to kick my ass when she sees it. <laughs> you better get it right. Yeah, you better. You better yeah, should we call us and go get her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't even want to do that. Uh, but uh, it goes to teaching children, um, to educating children on, on, the, on the evils of racism and to educate children to become anti-racist and to understand that. So this is a cause that's very near and dear to my family, mm-hmm. um, clearly, right? So that's why my mom is, my wife, excuse me, is involved, is involved in this. Uh, and one of the things that I'm currently doing is working with, and I've just started. So it's the conscious kid. Oh, it's called the conscious kid. Oh, she just came there in. She She's watching <laughs> it. No, <laughs> real life, real life. I love it. Look, we, we live, brother. This is this is not pre-recorded. <laughs> this this is not going to be it's edited. Called, we live. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I try to give a shout out. My bad. So it's called the conscious kid, right? And uh, so it's all about teaching children the values of, 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 of anti-racism, literature, things that go along, along with that, right? So one of the things that I started doing was looking at different technology boards and where they are, right? So okay. if you look at different technology organizations, so think about ones that are out there, right? Like SNEA, for example, which we mm-hmm. all know and love. Mm-hmm. But how much these groups are the ones that really need to sort of promote their representation to these communities and to say, look, some of the smartest people are in our communities, are in the poor community, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, that's, and that's, I mean, look, you and I, let's, we're going to keep it real. Right? I live in the Woodlands, Texas, where everybody goes like this when you say yeah, the Woodlands. Yeah. You live in California, let's go. Like we, <laughs> we, We're not in those poor neighborhoods, that, like Jay-Z said, though, right? I can't help the poor if I'm one of them, so I got rich to get paid back. I got to move out. I got, I'm sorry, yeah, I got yeah. to move out. You know, I still remember but, it, and I, I do what I can. Yeah. But, We've got to help out, bring them back. And so one of the things that I'm currently doing is looking at different organizations that exist, uh, joining those organizations. i got two of them I'm already kind of down the road with. And then seeing what kind of programs we could do to get this education into the poorer communities. Okay. Because what people don't realize is that these poor communities have, I mean, it comes down to this, right? Talent and it is distributed even. It is. Yes. But opportunity, opportunity just isn't, right? Now, opportunities are, opportunities are centered somewhere else. So I, I'm actually just starting this. And I'm, I tell you what, have me back in six months, and I hope I'm down the road. But there's a lot of urban communities and trying to educate them and say, look, dude, I came out of a poor community just like this. You know, uh, you know, I, I my, my mom's family from this Cuba is Afro-Cuban. You know, we, we, I'm black, right? I mean, I, my, obviously, my father is from Spain. My, my mom is black. This is what we have, right? And, and so... We, we, you know, I get it. I don't, you, there's things that are challenging, right? Uh, as far as the color of your skin and how it holds you back, these things are out there. I understand that. Um, but we can overcome that. Yeah. The thing that we have to remember, man, you just got me on because this is like, I love it, brother. No, this is what we do. Right? This is what we do. Long form conversation. We got to talk. We have to have these awkward conversations as well. So I love it. Go, brother. No, it's, to me, this ain't awkward. I'm just afraid of who's, who's going to be. I'm not afraid, afraid well, see, of the right it, word. It's, it's awkward because you have to think about that, right? You you have to make sure that you're saying the, who's listening. the words because, again, we're, we're streaming on LinkedIn as well. So all of your yeah. thousand, two thousand or so folks that see you from a business perspective and, and yeah. talking, enterprise technology are like oh here's a whole nother side of yours that i haven't heard seen don't don't know about right you're, you're really yeah. pulling pulling back the uh the onion the onion right now on this so go go where you want go as far as you want but again the, these are those conversations that yeah. are <laughs> 
Career yes. Let me just double check and make sure my resume is up to date. Uh, mine, so, mine so, <laughs> so he, here's what it comes down to. Here's the realization of it, though. This is the thing that other people don't see. Mm-hmm. Our margin for error is this big, is this slim. There's a lot of people that come from other cultures, um, especially, you know, again, traditional sort of, you know, that, 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 that predominant sort of white community that, that makes up the U.S., uh, technology base, but other cultures as well that have a much larger margin for error than Latin and 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 black. That's just a reality in our True. industry, True. and we have to work harder for the True. same. True. And and I know people can say that's not fair, blah blah blah, all those things, and and, and all of that is true. But so what? This is this is the path to success. Like it or not, eventually we'll have enough people with that equity will exist and it'll be even. But I notice it now. I say one thing and it's immediately, oh, you know, George said this and now it's like that. But I'm not going to mention names, but you and I both know a number of people mm-hmm. who, who've had HR violations yeah. and, and get promoted yeah, well, in yeah. this industry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so so it, I've experienced this and I've seen it be somewhat of a detriment to my career and I get it and I understand that. Um, so you got to work hard and, and, and that's just, that's, it's may suck, but it's the path. Just know that that's the path. That's yeah. what success means yeah. and come in and do it. And once we get there, that'll go away. Believe me. I, I always use the example of branch Ricky and Jackie Robinson. You know, so if I could have my own little Mount Rushmore, it yeah. would be, you know, it, it would be, you know, Jackie Robinson would be right there because the branch Ricky, when branch Ricky told him, he said, you're not the best baseball player. I didn't bring you in here because you were the best baseball player. I brought you here because you were the best man. Because you were the best man. Yep. yep. Yeah. You gotta. You're the best man. You gotta work harder. You gotta deal with more crap, and you gotta do it all. But when you get through it, because of you, there's gonna be another one, and another one, yep. and another one, and after you, and then eventually we'll have equity. And that's what we kind of in our industry are. You know, it sucks. We gotta work harder. We gotta deal with that lower margin of error. We gotta deal with those things. And, and many of our own bosses don't understand that we're going through that because in their minds, the problem, the reason they don't understand that is because we're not the ones that they're looking at to give the opportunities to. That, there you go. Make it plain right there, brother. Right there. There it is right there. Because be, one, because there's not enough of us and, and because we don't um, fit into the mold. We're not in the, those inner circles. A lot of times we're, we're, we're different enough than, than, than yeah. some of the, you know, the majority, but I, I see a lot of that as I don't mind the fact that we have to, and I, and I'm, I call it being on, right? We, right when I when I go up on stage and you know do the thing, I call it the jazz hands. I, I don't mind being on because I I bring the game, right? I'm prepared before I have to do a whiteboard or before I have to do a presentation or whatever the case may be. I'm definitely studied up and prepared for it because I don't want to disappoint myself. Right. So I want to make sure that I'm coming true to to what, what I know I can do impressing. I'm not worried about you. I, I'm not worried about anybody else. Right. I want to make sure that I come and, and am true to James Hicks when I'm up there talking about whatever it is I'm talking about. It can be technology. It could be sports. It could be whatever the case may be. So I almost don't mind the fact that we have to rise above everything because I'd rather rise above all the mess anyway. You, you know, you know what I'm saying? 100%. So, 
when 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 you talk about going out and 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 touching the youth, I mean, where 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 do you start? Are you going to the to the college level? Are you going to the to the high school level? Because I I recall when I was part of the BEF at HP, we we tried to reach some of the young folks at at the high school level, and, and you know, and show them some things. Where, where where are you seeing more more traction? I, I got an eleven year old daughter, and that's yeah. where I want to start. Gotcha. Right there. There you go. Because I want to I want to get it I want to get them into your brain from now, right? I want you to understand this is a career path. Now I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you this, right? It goes beyond I, I look at this world as oh man, we're gonna we're get real ugly today. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna civil rights right now. Um, <laughs> people for, all right. So the audience, for those of you who don't know, right, if you can't already tell, you know, I'm from I grew up in New York City where Malcolm X was taught was was praised as a hero in school. What? So I, a, lot, a lot of people don't hear that, right? So you, I have a very different perspective of the world. Yes, sir. So now that said, that said, I've always looked at there were restaurants in in, in New York and Innocent. There were restaurants in New York in the forties that had signs that said what no mm-hmm. black, can't no, get up no Mexican, can't get up. In yeah, it. no yeah. Mexican, no yeah. Mexican, right? And and they said you out, and and so let's keep it real though. There's a third group, and it's women. Yes, sir. And I don't see the th- one of the things that, you know, I don't talk, you know, I don't talk enough about like my sister who passed away. I don't talk about enough of that because it's painful. Mm-hmm. But 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 I do recognize some of the most intelligent, most uh, out of the box thinkers, trailblazers, you know, leaders that I've had the pleasure and an opportunity uh, of working with uh, were women. Right. And so it is you want to reach the the youth the girls the boys of color and because all girls now now we're not here you know yes i get it you know maybe maybe white still has an advantage but women in general are still mm. treated worse yeah and color excuse me and colors and color fades a little bit when you get to women which is terrible mm. um yeah. but it's, it's it, it, it you know people don't realize that right you know we the, if you look at this politically right i say this all the time i was raised by black women black women save the country that's what you know we know that right yeah. that's just the way it works yeah um but 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 women in general, when you start recognizing what they go up against, you know, color somewhat fades. Yeah, maybe a white woman might get more opportunities than a black or Latino woman. Maybe. But generally speaking, they're still the last. They're, they're still after that. Yeah. They're still after that. Right. It's kind of like, you know, mm, this guy's no good. This guy's no good. Uh, all right. Maybe we'll give this black or this little Spanish guy. Uh, OK, we don't like them. All right. Let, which women are here that we could look at? It literally goes like that. And women yeah. will tell you this experience. This is their experience every day. And they don't say it out loud because they're in the struggle. They got to get through. That's just like we are. And so if you if you reach them at that 11, 12 year old age, as they're getting into high school, start shaping where they're going. Um, you know, girls of all colors, boys of color, you can start planting those seeds. Listen, this is an opportunity for you. If you there's there's and there's multiple paths to success in this career. You don't just have to go to school and get your master's and your doctorate. You can graduate high school and go to school for six months and get a certification and become a specialist. And then every couple of years, renew your certifications. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go back the traditional route. You're going to make a lot of money. (laughs) You're going to be a professional. You're going to put some food on a table. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's a different path. And, And I don't know that they understand it, but if we start educating them younger to understand that this path is available. Not only will we increase the talent pool in, in this industry, in our industry, which is always a good thing, uh, but the diversity will come and then following the diversity will be the equality. And then following the equality, hopefully will be the equity. And then we should be 
straight, right? I but it takes that. it's gonna it's a it's, it's a long journey though, man. But it's it's we just and we're just starting it now because it's a higher paying profession and people don't recognize that they don't realize that. But for for every George Mastery and every and every James Hicks, you know, there's four thousand Bobby Jones, right? And that's and that's and and so you, you don't it, it's a higher and, and people just close their minds to this industry being a path they might want to they might want to follow. You know, that, that, I, that, that's interesting because I always tell folks that there are two industries that I think will always be around and, and will always be fruitful and be profitable. And that's that's medical and that's and that's technology. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you can go into those. There's always going to be need for, for, for both of those and STEM programs, uh, engineering programs. I did programming for a while. I wasn't built for programming, so I had to move to a, just a different technology side of, of my brain. Uh, me and Cobol and, and, and Pascal just did not get along very yeah. well. I, I'd All rather right. be doing some of that other stuff. But but you're right. I mean, these fields, these industries have the means to really take care of yourself, take care of your family, are are credible, are, are, are rewarding. Um, and we're, def- we're definitely making a change. We're making a change in a, in a number of different ways, and I hinted this to you before we went online, and I want to ask you a couple of things about technology overall, um, short, mid, and long term. Kind of give me your perspective, one from the enterprise technology field, you know, where, where we are today, uh, where you think we're going kind of in the next eight months, a year or so, and then kind of long term, where, where do you see enterprise technology going, not necessarily consumer technology. I don't want to talk about phones and I don't want to talk about yeah. you know, laptops and, and, and things like that, but from, from an enterprise perspective. I can talk about that. Um, I know you can talk about that, but I, I, I'll, I'll just, go, go ahead, brother. Get, 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 get um, it in. You know, I, I'll talk about a couple of things, right? So, so the first thing about enter, enterprise technology is interesting. So we, let's, let's start with the storage industry, which is obviously what I speak about most. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting time because depending on who you listen to, you will hear some fallacies. You'll hear people say, oh, you know, uh, traditional primary, traditional storage, external storage, you know, all flash arrays. That's a dying market. Uh, and, the, and the truth is the numbers will show that it is declining. There's no question about it. But if you take a look at the data under the covers and take a look at the amount of capacity being sold every year, um, it's going up. And, and, and the fact of the matter is the the truth is the industry is consolidating, right? And what you're seeing is, look, nobody wants to be writing less data. Anybody who's writing less data is going out of business. Every people are writing data. They're sending data every day. And so what you're seeing is that the industry, this particular industry is opened up to multiple options. You used to buy, you know, a, a, a VMAX, right? Or a PowerMax. This is what your primary enterprise storage was, right? Or uh, if you wanted something that was different and maybe just as fast or, or whatever, you would go, you buy a three-part, right, from HPE. Um, oh, if you wanted something that was a little bit more unique, maybe you wanted something that could do file, then you'd go buy NetApp, right? You, you, this was literally your option pool. It was, I would buy, if I wanted to go the old school way, I might, I might buy from, you know, EMC. If I wanted to do something new with a little bit of a modern twist, I might buy this three-part thing. If I wanted to go file, I would buy NetApp. But like, that's pretty much like your, 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 where you were limited, right? Now it's kind of like, well, listen, I'm running this application. Do I want to run it on hyperconverged? Do I want to run it on all flash? Do I want to run it in the cloud? Right? I don't know. I got options. What options are there available to me? There's a ton of them, right? And so 
you start looking at where the industry is going. It's sort of like, oh, maybe software defines an option for me. Um, and you start thinking about the industry as a whole. And you start saying that what's great about where we are right now, where enterprise storage is right now, is all the options. Um, it, it sucks if you're trapped in this bubble of only selling one thing. And uh, pure storage, I'm talking to you. Um, if you, if you, if you, yeah, you know, if you're I, hold on. If you, I, I was going to come at you because you sure did say some things about, you know, I told yeah. you I'm rocking blue down, you rocking green. You, oh, okay, you, you, okay. you sure did say a little, little negativity about Dell. I, I, man, look here, brother. Oh, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean nothing negative about that. I didn't mean nothing negative about that. Okay. I, I was just going by, like, more or less like the industry per- perception. I got so it. I'm just, I'm, I'm messing with you, man. I'm messing yeah. with you. <laughs> okay. No, I want to be careful because I actually don't really want to offend anybody. I'm really speaking from the heart. Symmetrics is that tradition storage that everybody knows, right? That's mm-hmm. what started this whole industry. None of us, none, nobody would be in storage true. if not for some metrics, right? That's true. Um, and so there's a fact, right? And so so we, we recognize that. So that's just, I'm just going by that, right? And then three part was like the first and provision thing. That's what people would buy. And that's why it became a major monster seller for, for HP. And then yeah. of course, NetApp was always, you know, unified. And so that's yeah. that's all it was. But, but having said that, right, the, the options that exist now are super interesting because they didn't exist five years ago. True. You would never get away from an all-flash array and buy Nutanix five years ago. you get wow, fired. Yeah, probably yeah that, that wouldn't be a good thing. That would not be a no, good look. Yeah. You would have probably gotten fired for it. But now you're kind of like, well, hold on a second. Hardware commoditization has taken over our industry. Mm. CPUs, I can, well, I don't need a CPU. Maybe I can do an ARM processor. Hmm, that's not bad. Oh, maybe I could do an FPGA. Or even better, I'll do a GPU, GPU and yep, really yep. specialize my system. And now you're kind of like, uh-oh, like look at my hardware options. Memory is getting denser. Now I can jack it up with some memory. I can actually get a lot more in cache and memory performance. You have Oracle databases now that didn't exist five years ago and running entirely in memory. Five that's years crazy. ago, you couldn't that's do that. That's crazy. You think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? You have, I mean, you're thinking about that. And then, of course, you have um, QLC drives that are now giving you flash performance and crazy density in a super cheap form factor. Yeah. 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 The world, the world I mean, has changed in such a short period of time, right? Again, you think about old, old school folks that have been in the industry for 10 years or so, been in it for a decade and never could have fathomed some, some of these uh, functionalities, capabilities to, to think of Oracle can run completely in memory as opposed to, you know, I mean, I grew up doing redo log archive and backups and things like that and recoveries of, of Oracle. So I, I still have nightmares of that. I mean, just, just again, right. how fast it's changing. <laughs> yeah, our man backups, brother, and recoveries in, in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. That's brutally painful. But I, it's just changed a lot. And so the options that are available are cre- are, are incredible, right? Yeah. And but So let's take that to the, to the next generation. Com- compute has always been a volume cell. True. Let, let, let's True. keep it real, right? Yeah. If 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 Intel went out of business tomorrow, HPE and Dell and Cisco and you know Lenovo be out of business a couple of months later, right? There you go. Either yeah. that or, or either either that or AMD is going to become a, a zillion. You know, the AMD CEO going to make Jeff Bezos look yeah, poor, right? He's going to be buying it's two jets. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it, I mean, it's one or the other, right? So uh, ultimately, it, it, at the end of the day. Um, the commoditization of hardware is just a thing. And I think it's a thing that everyone has to recognize. And people, we don't own it. HP, Dell, we don't own that stuff, right? We don't own NVMe. We didn't write the patents on NVMe. Right, we're, right. Just including the, we're just including them in our systems. Right. So there are, there are very intelligent people in all of these companies designing these platforms, designing uh, the way IO will pass through these systems. Um, and those are very intelligent conversations that 
many customers just don't care to have anymore because at the end of the day, the IO comes in, the IO goes out and the differences in that, just that operation between coming in and going out between one vendor and another are minimal. Yeah. Yeah. Minimal. It's, it, it's the, it's the value added right. services on top of that, right? If they're, if they're bolted on or if they're included, that that's really where the value is. But again, everyone, and I say this all the time, everyone's got a faster rate. Even even though we don't, you know, we, we talk what we talk about pure. You know, pure's got a fast array and, until it falls over. <laughs> uh, you know, right, sure, AP's right. got fast rays. We need to change <laughs> right, we, we can go down that path. But, you know, again, everyone's got a Ferrari yeah, yeah, in, in their driveway. But it, it's right. those value-added services that are included with the pieces of technology that really resonate and matter and help solve business challenges. That, that's the conversation that we're having now. We're not talking about spec sheets and, and ones and zeros as much anymore. We're talking about what no. is it, George, that you're trying to do at your business and does what I have in my portfolio meet or match and help you be successful in what you're trying to do? Right? And that's something I, I, I'm with 100%. And one, one thing, something that I say all the time, and I've been saying it for a while, I've said it a little bit differently over the years, but one thing I say all the time, um, it's all about the outcome. What is the customer mm-hmm. trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And either we, and either we can accomplish that or we can't. I got one thing that infuriates me is is box pushers. Yeah, that's why I tease my. You know, there's probably people from Pure watching this. I tease you. I'm only teasing you. <laughs> well, you could be. You could where, be. Where are super micro folks box. at? Where, where are super micro folks yeah, at? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I hope you're in love with your super. I hope you're, you. Know, you can be in love with your little orange box. That's that's good for you, right? Um, but like the reality is, but the the the, the reality is. Um, it's it's the the industry as a whole. It's about the outcome, and either you can yep. deliver that or you can't. Mm-hmm. And and there are multiple ways. And and the box pushers infuriate me because like my box is better than your box is is like first of all if that that style of selling didn't even work in 2015. It's not yeah. gonna work in 2021. So so it's it's a little it's a little it's it's a little nutty. There's too much of that. Um, at the end of the day, and this is something that EMC you know did really really well was. And I, you know, I, I train people within HPE to understand this, right? And I try to train other people. I actually talk about it publicly as well. The reason EMC created a juggernaut of a legacy and created this storage industry as, as kind of we know it is because they were ne- when they started and they started creating their sales processes, which of which I am an alumni, right? Yeah, because like you, you were, yeah, you were part of part of the EMC family for a while yourself, yeah. For sure, for sure, right? SE, I was SE of the year, two thousand one. What's hey, up, baby? Hey, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, uh, so uh, we, um, this is that's a whole other story. But anyway, the, the reason that they did that was because when they were starting and creating the sales process, they weren't competing against another storage room. They were competing against direct attached storage. They were competing against servers. Yeah. They, so they, the entire, the, the, the entire point. foundation of the sales training from EMC was, hey, Mr. Customer, let me explain to you why it's better for your business to buy storage. Yes. Not why my Symmetrics is better mm-hmm. than Pure mm-hmm. or why it's better than NetApp. That didn't come until a decade later, mm-hmm. right? And, and that sales training and that sales foundation, um, of again, of which I am an alum and I am grateful for that, um, is is critical in understanding how to communicate with customers better. Now, I'll keep it real, 100% real. This is a revenue, hopefully not a resume generating event, <laughs> but 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 not 
There isn't a single vendor today. We were just teasing pure. Let's let's give them a little bit of credit on the on the flip side right now. They're probably the best vendor today, better than better than Dell, better than us, better than better than NetApp at exactly at having exactly this type of conversation. Um, it's it is probably mm. where their strength is. They, they have seven thousand customers and have generated over a billion dollars in revenue on seven thousand customers. Just let, let that sink in for a moment. Yeah, that yeah. is so crazy impressive. And at the end of the day, customers are getting a friggin' box, an orange box. Nothing that they said is true. Nothing that they're selling is real. That's, that's but true. they're so they're so good at having this conversation. They're a great the marketing company. Said, they're great at marketing. Yeah. They're just really good at having this conversation. The customers are like, you know what? You get it. You get where my head is at. I'm going to buy from you. Yeah. And then and then a box shows up and you're kind of like, what the hell is this box? <laughs> what am I supposed you're to do like, with this? What, <laughs> what, what is this? Uh, like, like, but that's a whole different story. Um, but but like, but that's, that's so like to your point, the value added sales and all this stuff matters. But what's more critical is the conversation is understanding what the customers are trying to do. And then and then and then driving towards that. Right. There's some things that we do well. Uh, along those lines, but we don't complete the pictures. A lot of things that you guys do well, but again, the picture gets hard to complete. NetApp is is sort of in this area where they're sort of stuck. Uh, and then you have other vendors just trying to stay relevant. And I think at the end of the day, it's because they're all not paying attention to this conversation. Exactly. It's really it's just knock, it knocking on the door, talking to a customer about what it is they're trying to accomplish and then how you can help them accomplish that. Whoever does that in a cheap way, whoever does that in a fast way, whoever does that in an easy way, is going to win the customer's trust and win the business, right? Yeah, That's just I, really what it comes down to. I, I agree. And, but, you know, and you think about it, it's a, it's a challenging conversation to teach technical sellers, right? Because if you've come up into, right. in the, in up the ranks and you were a box pusher and you, you were a one, you know, meeting and exceeding quota all the time because you had just a customer who knew what they wanted all the time and you didn't have to convince them or you didn't have to actually have those technical conversations to win, to have that technical win conversation. I think they're going to be the ones that are going to fall by the wayside. And it's only going to be kind of the cream of the crop is going to arrive. either. It doesn't matter what company you're, you're at. Right. I, th- I think, again, there's going to be a reckoning of the, of the folks who can actually go out there and dialogue, have the conversation, get in front, have the challenging conversation, right. HP and Dell and pure and, and whomever IBM, are they still around? Yeah. Um, all of us yeah. in the same room, <laughs> right? Just just hashing it out, and you, you, you've got to have those subject matter experts who can really stand up straight and have that conversation. Now, now let me ask you this, because that was yesterday, and that was today. Where, where do you see things going, kind of in, in the future? I, I've always been been thinking about AI, ML, DL, so deep learning, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and all, both of our companies, all of our industry is talking about that and is thinking about that, robotics, uh, you know, things of that nature. Where, where do you see, just from your strategy perspective, where do you see that kind of fitting in? I mean, it's definitely the future. The key is how how far ahead into the future is it, right? So I'll, I'll give you another case in point, right? Cloud was supposed to be, uh, the, by now, cloud was supposed to have replaced everything else, right? Yeah. On-prem should have been dead. Cloud yeah. was supposed to, right? and what have we learned? Well, the future is not cloud. The future is hybrid. It's mixed, right? yeah, That's the yeah, reality. Yeah. Is the, the, the enemy, I, I say this to everyone, and they don't always get it. The enemy of technology is scale. Doesn't matter what type of technology you buy. Doesn't matter what vendor you buy it from. Scale will always break it. 
You add the more applications you put on it, you scale it that way, it will break. The more workloads you put on it, if you're increasing your workloads, you will break it. Right? The more capacity you need, if you scale, you will break it. doesn't matter what the technology you're using is. The enemy of it is scale. And so what happens, what happens to cloud when you scale? Well, the first part that you, you're stuck with is egress charges if you need to make changes. That's yeah, something. you got you to worry about that ingress, egress. Yeah, it don't cost much to put yeah. it in there, but you want, you want no. it back. Uh-oh, you want some of that data back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the most expensive click you will ever have in your life. Like you could, I know there's a bunch of dudes out here that do them poor sites, but this is a more expensive click than that. Move to this platform, sure. Click. What? <laughs> Jeff Bezos Bezos is sending you a bill in 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm about to get a lawsuit. You just impacted $400 million of my revenue this year. But it's a reality. I mean, it's just, it's just, it is the most expensive click you have find. And then that's the first pain you feel. The second pain you feel as scale happens in the cloud is performance goes this way. Immediately. And, and so wait a minute. Now the first the first pain was it got expensive. The second pain was performance. Forget resiliency because the hyperscalers aren't providing resiliency, right? Now, they're they're providing enough resiliency, right? But, I mean, Amazon has an outage, what, every six weeks? I mean, let's, let's, you know, every eight weeks, something like that, somewhere in that range, right? So let's, let's, resiliency isn't necessarily the problem. So what's happening is, and if you start looking at repatriation, the, the applications that go to the cloud are the ones that are coming back, the ones that are most commonly going. So it's a cycle, right? It's to the cloud and back. And so that hybrid relationship is, is, is the actual present and future. So now let's translate that into the same conversation with AI, analytics, deep learning, and machine learning. Clearly, these are different comparisons, right? I get that. It's apples and oranges to mm-hmm. some degree. AI, deep learning, machine learning, all of these things will be part of everybody's technology offering. There's no way around that. Everyone is including these things, right? We are building systems with telemetry data to have all the extra AI, and then you're building sensors, not only inside these systems, but external to the systems to have even more learning, right? Yeah. Um, and, and going end to end. And, and, and so clearly, this is, this is a thing. The, what we don't know yet is how much of a thing this will actually um, influence the way technology is used. Mm. Now it's sort of it's it's now a thing in the way technology might be purchased. It's now a thing in the way technology is supported. Yeah. Clearly, no question about it. But is AI really affecting my SAP deployment? which while maybe one of the most intense applications in the world is still a relatively predictable mm-hmm, application mm-hmm, profile. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be busy, right? It's just, you're just going to pay attention to it. So the AI is keeping it going. The AI is solving some problems um, theoretically, but it's not really influencing the purchasing of SAP of, of machines mm-hmm. or the way SAP is actually running on those yep. machines. Now, somebody can, can debate me and say, well, that's not true. We wouldn't do this without AI and that. Yes, sure, but but those are sensors. I would argue that the majority of it is still basically in how the systems are supported, much more than how the applications are actually performing. Um, you know, there is some application performance analyzers and there's workload analyzers, and I get all that, but it's not the same. And there's still some manual intervention. So if there's manual intervention in these processes, um, which you're always going to want, man, everyone is always going to want some manual control. No yeah. one's going to be okay. With, no one is going to. I, I, I promise yeah. you that, I, I, listen, 
People think that protests over the summer were bad. Let me tell let me tell every DBA in the country <laughs> that they will no longer be able to tune their database. That it'll be all look, <laughs> you don't don't mess with that. Don't 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 do that, brother. Yeah, you have an uprising for sure. That's uh, true. They'll be burning George flags. They'll be burning George flags all over New York City. They'd be, they'd be, it'd, be, it'd be ugly. You can't so you can't tell me that there won't still be manual generation. So how will how much will this influence? Now Clearly, there's the there's the space where machine learning is and AI is going to fit the consumer, right? That's where the IoT comes mm-hmm. from and where, where it plays in, and and that's already happening. We're already seeing that, right? Your temperatures in your house is automatically adjusting, right? Some people with smart homes, like my house, you can you I don't have to do nothing if it gets too hot, it'll, it just auto automatically senses it based on my usage profile. Yeah. You have refrigerators that can automatically detect what you're low, what you're low, and so that's all AI, deep learning, machine learning, and impacting IoT, and that those are things like even your dishwashers. Right. You can have dishwashers today that can auto sense what's happening based on, you know, the weight of the machine and the other factors that they put in there. And so you're kind of looking at it really, really impacting the consumer world. So once it's in the consumer space, like iPhone and Samsung and everything else, it, it will hit the enterprise space. There's just no way around it. And it is hitting the enterprise space, but it's largely impacting the way these systems are are. So being supported, um, you know, you can extend that into the way they're being deployed. They might be the way they're being deployed, the way they're being provisioned. You know, those are some things. Those are some elements of things where it's impacting what we do. Um, but I don't know what the long term looks like yet because there's still going to be some level of of manual control. There has to be. Um, otherwise, people just wouldn't buy it. And so that's what that's what. So we'll, that picture will continue to sort of paint itself. Right. Um, it is it is something that we all need to keep studying. I think all of us need to start becoming more data scientists. Not that we have to become data scientists. Just be, be aware, right? Be I think aware. All yeah. Us, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We have to recognize that this is that data science is important. Uh, is an important uh, at least having a rudimentary understanding of it for regardless of which vertical within technology you're in. You have to have at least a rudimentary understanding of that. I think it's important yeah. because this is going to be critical right, going forward. But again, how much is going to influence customers in the enterprise space? It remains to be seen. I mean, you know it today. You know, I, I just I could tell you I don't want to talk about one, one thing we've been talking a lot about lately um, with other technologies that I, that I, that I kind of chill with, um, have conversations with, uh, is dark sites, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, how, yeah. how, how much... How, how much of the industry is leverage is is a dark site where they're not sending any data home to anyone else? Mm-hmm. So how much analytics are they taking advantage of? Right? Sure. I mean, they're 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 very much sort of controlled environment. How much are they taking advantage of analytics? Now there is some right. There, there, there's a lot that they're learning just within their own ecosystem, but that's not really the spirit of what analytics and AI is designed mm-hmm. to do. Right? We want to have that global learning. So you know, and there's a huge chunk, and some of the most critical applications in the world are running in dark sites. So it's just really yeah. kind of the point I'm trying to drive home is that we will see, we won't really fully see its impact. It's a necessary, it's necessary. And so it is a necessity you will have it in there. And that's why I said we all need to get some understanding of data science for sure. Um, but beyond that, how much it shapes the enterprise space, I think is, is shifting, right? We don't know yet. Um, that picture isn't clear yet, I don't think. SMB space, more, you know, the entry space. Yeah, I can see fully autonomous arrays in that space. I can totally see it. Uh, certainly the consumer space, as I said, I can see you know, there's a lot of autonomy already happening there. But beyond that, as you get into that upper mid-range, you know, that, that mid-market sort of enterprise space. No longer to adapt or, or adopt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being autonomous isn't going to necessarily 
be the selling point that people no. think it is. Right? I'm, I'm not going in, in nobody's office trying to sell that uh, tomorrow or next week. And so, I mean, I mean, so folks, I mean, that's what we talk about. That's what George and I talk about all day, every day in, in our worlds, right? And how enterprise technology, how analytics, how machine learning, how networking, how convergence and all that really affects not just the businesses, but how it trickles down to the consumer. So I appreciate you, you going into some of that detail, man, because, you know, it, it's, it's relevant I, I don't know who all may, may have understood it. You know, I, I understood it, but again, but you know, I, I, you know, I, I understood it, but again, I, I mean, those are, again, th- those are the conversations that are happening at kind of that macro level that will eventually trickle down to, to the best buys and the micro, you know what I'm saying? The, the folks at the consumer level, because these, these are the things that, that are happening. Um, let, let me, let, let's, let's pivot a little bit, brother. Um, we, we talked this all day. And it can be it can be a little stressful. It it can, it can wear on you. I, I see you got. I see some weights behind you. I, I see some fives and some ten pounders. Uh, I, I know back in the day. I know back in the day you you, you were lifting some some big weight. I got the 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 weights on the wall. I actually yeah. got them on both sides. I'm, can you see? Let me let me let me walk around here. Oh, see let's, let's see. see let's see what we got. Let me let me put you in focus here. <laughs> can you? So you see the. Uh, I got these weights over here. Let me see how this works here. So you got 45s, you know, 35s, 25s all hanging on the wall here. I have it on both sides. And then, of course, you have a strap rack. Uh, you know, I got the dumbbells. You see the dumbbells? Let me see if I can yeah, get them. Yeah, we got them. You got the dumbbells. Uh, clearly, the squat rack, you got to have the bench and squat rack. I still got to do the squats. Of course, some tools in the background. And then you got the other side of the gym where, I, you know, you got the uh, weights on the wall over here. And then you got the, you know, the pulley system. Yeah, get so I, it, brother. Get it. <laughs> I get my back out. So, you know, COVID, so this is called, um, and then, of course, you always, because I'm still from the hood, and every once in a while, you, you still got you you to be ready to knock somebody. somebody down, right? Yeah, you got to knock yeah, somebody you still, down. <laughs> you still got you still to be able to, to knock somebody down out pretty good if, in case anybody ever acts up. So, um, so this is called COVID gym because um, I'm impressed. I, I'm seeing a lot of that is, is homemade there, right? I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that is is actually you rolling up the sleeves and actually throwing some two by fours together to, to build some of that. So the squat, yeah, this is definitely if you can see. Let me see if I can yeah. get a better picture of it. So that is definitely homemade. I bought me some two by fours and I, I went you. back to I went back to school with the engineering design, my engineering school, and sat down at the drawing board. And and uh, and sat down and drew up plans for what a pulley would look like. And the reason why I did that was because when COVID hit and everything shut down, no stores were selling any gym equipment. Oh, they were all uh, gone. Like, they were all gone. Yeah, I was try- I was trying and, to be high. You know, I was trying to be high falutin and get the Bowflex, and nobody had those I Bowflex. I tried to get one too. Those adjustable weights, gone. Yeah, you, could, you couldn't even get them off the of site. I tried to I tried to do that as well. Uh, I tried to get that as well. Yeah. Um, the the Bowflex one. I'm trying to plug in my laptop here. I wasn't ready for the for the laptop to die so quickly. Uh, sorry about that. So um, the I, I tried to get a Bowflex as well. My wife and I talked about it. You know, my wife is a is a little bit of a gym rat herself. She likes to work out a lot. Um, I was a power lifter for many years, and then my wife said, "You know, you can't. I can't afford to feed you anymore." <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> so she was like, feeding you has become very difficult. Um, so I, uh, so being a power lifter came off the table. Yeah. Uh, which is okay. 
Uh, <laughs> but there we go. I got a full charge now, so there's there no death go. here. There you go. Uh, so, uh, so I'm actually, and what's hilarious is what I'm sitting on. I don't know if you can see that. I'm actually sitting on my bench. For you sitting city. on the bench chair right there. <laughs> so, I love it. So, uh, so anyway, so we, um, so my wife's a little bit of a gym rat herself, and we looked at the Bowflex and we looked at all this stuff, and she was like, "Never mind." And uh, I tell you what, there's there's times where I have the best wife in the world, and and there's and there's Uh-oh. times that I wish oh, I lived I lived she, in a different house. She gonna she so gonna come one back day, here and throw throw a throw one of them five pounders at you uh, in a minute. <laughs> she probably I promise you she paid attention for the first ten minutes. We lost her, her attention span is gone. So, but she surprised me one day. We were in a car. And she was like, hey, we got to go down south a little bit. I was like, why? She was like, don't worry about it. I got something for you. I said, all right, we'll go. So, you know, we're driving. And then she goes, turn right here. It was a Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, this Dick's by us. So I got to drive an hour and a half to, to go to Dick's. But whatever, right? Go inside. And she was like, okay, they're going to bring it out in a minute. So she didn't tell me nothing. These dude, two dudes come out with a rack, all this weight. Like that. She, she just found it. She was on her phone playing and just thought. Oh, <laughs> shoot. Hold on. Wait a minute. There, there we go. She, she about to knock him down. She's like, you know what's funny? Be careful she just now. Needs to be on she wants to get a camera. It's like Lucy. She's like uh, old school Ricky and Lucy. Like, so anything she could going to be the show. So, but anyway, they, uh, so they, uh, so Brush surprised me, man. I was just like, wow. And, you know, these guys were wheeling out all this weight. And uh, it's funny is that dude looks at me like, yeah, you can definitely use it. And then he just walked and put it in the car and then here we go. So it, it was, you know, she was just persistent, clicking refresh. But uh, they got a shipment in. And as soon as she got it, they got it. My wife was like on it. Uh, and uh, we were able to get that. So I've been able to work out for a minute here in okay. the gym. We've been working out here for, for some, for a bunch of times. So, I mean, I got cables on the wall. I got yeah. everything going on. I mean, you get a real, I mean, I'm doing a four day on, two day off rotation right now. And uh, I mean, I get it all in. You could do squats. I could do leg curls using the cable machine that I built. Uh, obviously, biceps you can get in, but bench. Um, I don't I don't bench like like I used to now. Like I, I try to do 15, 20 reps, everything. So I, I might do, I mean, I'll probably do 225, maybe 20 times now, like just, and that's, you know, maybe five or six sets, something along those lines. I don't go crazy like that. Like, I, you know, I ain't going to eat 12,000 calories and, and you know, bench press 500 pounds anymore. Yeah. Um, but like today I did some deadlifts. I did some back today. So I did some deadlifts, you know, some lap pull downs, stuff like that. And I can get it all in here. So I'm not really missing um, the gym too much. Now we're, I got my first vaccine shot. Yeah. I got, got my mine second today. One. Got my yeah. Second. You got your first one or your second one? I got my first one today. Yeah, I'm, I'm Team oh. Moderna. Got David. You know, I got I'm I'm got my Fauci Ouchie today, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got yeah. I got Pfizer. Same difference. So I'm like, oh man, I can't say what I was gonna say. Never mind. But I got the Pfizer one, and uh, so my wife and I went together. We got that. I got my brother, my my Mauricio, uh, my brother from Brazil. He he was refreshing. He lives here in Texas. He was refreshing for me, and I didn't even ask him. He was like, he he said he reached out to me. He's like, hey man, you get a vaccine yet? I said, nah, I'm on all the waiting list. So he hits me like the next day. He's like, bro, I got three spots. Check them. I think you can get in right now. <laughs> and, and and like I was I got like, them for vaccine real? spots. So no. <laughs> blessed. Yeah, blessed. Yeah, I know it was real hood too. It was like real hood. Yo, yo, my man, yo, my man, you need a vaccine. You need some vaccine? I got that J&J. I got that Moderna. What you need? Yeah. 
bro, for real. Like that's how he, it was real hood too. I mean, I'm not kidding. The way he reached out to me, it's hilarious how hood it was. Like, my man, you're two for ten right here. You're fat bags, fat bags, two for ten. <laughs> and uh, like it was, it was. But uh, he was vaccinated to vaccine. My wife and I got it, so we got vi- Pfizer. So once we get the second one, and a couple of weeks after that, I will start looking to go back into a gym. But but I definitely built this out, and it definitely got us through COVID. Uh, and it also will help like on days where I don't need to, I'm not going to take it down. I love the punching bag. Yeah. Um, it, it, it definitely will work on days where maybe I don't feel like going to the gym or I got to put in those extra hours at the keyboard. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just hit the garage real quick, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm, uh, I, we're blessed. I think my wife was persistent. I love it, man. So t- talk to me a little bit about, cause again, I know you were powerlifting big back then. Now, did you ever actually compete or were you just doing it again just to, to, uh, I, I did. I compete, I didn't compete in official competitions. I competed for records. So, okay. uh, sank, so you have sank, so it's called this called sank, sanctioned lift, right? So where they come, they check, they take your measurements, they make sure it's all professional, and then they look at you know what your numbers were, and then they put you in the record books, right? This was in New Jersey. Um, so I have numbers recorded. I don't have numbers that are first place or win anything like that. Um, I don't have any wins mm-hmm. um, per, per se, um, but I do have, you know, some good numbers. Obviously I probably the most impressive number I have is uh, a 525 flat bench. Um, okay. I don't, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and I will be on the record. I'm the first one to admit this. I joke around a lot um, about drug usage I have never taken steroids, right? I'm not a steroid guy. My wife is very anti-steroids. I'm actually not anti-steroids, but I just, my, my, my wife is very big against it. So why, why have that uh, argument? So point. I never had to do that. I mean, I do, I, I, I did do, I did, I, I did an unsanctioned, it wasn't sanctioned, unfortunately, but I did do an unsanctioned squat of a thousand pounds, a thousand fifteen to be exact. Wow. Um, and, and I did have witnesses that see me do it. Uh, I also, I also did a leg press of 2,100 pounds, which, um, was, was again witnessed and recorded. Um, but neither were, were, per, were, I guess, I think sanctioned. I mean, they show up with the record books and all that other stuff. Yeah. And that, and that didn't happen. The bench they did. I did do a 575 incline as well. Wow. Again, all natural, just from calories, right? Just from eating calories, uh, a lot of calories. You know, like I told you before, we were joking <laughs> offline. I mean, there was times where I'd be eating at the at the table, like, <laughs> you know, I remember one time I knew I was going to squat heavy. I, 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 so, like, I don't know where everybody lives in the country, right? But in uh, in New York and New Jersey, my wife and I would live in New Jersey at the time. We, um, we... You can order food like anytime, right? You can order food like this was before Uber. You just call a pizzeria and they send you food over, right? Uh, and and so one time when I was really into it, I was like eleven o'clock at night, and I was like, "Babe, I'm hungry." And she's like, "It's 11. I'm like, "And I'm like, I'm hungry." She's like, "You know what? I can eat a little bit of something too." So the kids were up. This was the summer, and the kids were up and everything. And she was like, "No, oh, maybe we can order a pizza. That's not a lot of food. It's eleven o'clock. Whatever. We're gonna stay up a little later." I was like, that's not a bad idea. So I ordered a pizza and a chicken parmesan dinner. So chicken parmesan is like fried chicken, breaded, fried with pasta and sauce. I ate all that shit at 1130 <laughs> at night. <laughs> just, just to go into food. I, I, I just, like, let it, just let it sit like, right there on the gut all night while you was trying to sleep. Man. 
Oh my God. That's like, Bruh. and then probably had a pizza too. That's yeah, like, that's like 2000 calories. And that's at the end of my day, right? When I had probably already eaten like 5,000 calories. You just, you that. just bloated um, and, so, and shouts out to Tums and Rolades, both of them. Cause you, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure, bro. I think I destroyed my esophagus eating like that too. Uh, but I tell you, but I tell you this, I'm going to repeat this story. I told you when we were talking offline. They would they just sometimes you get these bursts of energy, right? And there's times where I'll be, I would go to the gym and and you know, you go by the dumbbells and I I would grab like the 125s, right? The heavy ones, and I would do I could do hammer curls with hundreds, right? Not 125, I couldn't get that that big. Um, and or I do these shoulder presses, one hands, right, with, with 125s. And and people in the gym be staring at you like, like they're trying to work and they're like Embarrassed because they're using like twenty fives and thirty fives, and they're just looking at you like this dude just grabbed one twenty five. We just say we got the big fella, and, and, and like, and and that is that is a very that's an ego. That's I mean that is definitely a stroke for your ego, dude. Yeah, like, that's yeah. When, big, when you kick up the big fellas like that, you, you, you know somebody's watching. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, being cut and muscular and like bodybuilding definition and all that—that's super cool. But there's there's when you put up when you put up numbers, people turn and look like no matter what, they're like, yo, this dude is putting up some weight right now. Like, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. a it's a cool feeling. But so I I, I don't and uh, knock on knock on knock on knock on wood. <laughs> I uh, I didn't I, I never injured myself. I have a shoulder injury that's been nagging for years from when I used to play baseball when I was younger. But outside of that, I never really injured myself. I, I've seen dudes body snap in half trying to deadlift too much weight i've seen all kinds of like crazy horrific injuries and i never i never thankfully got any of them so good, good. Uh, i'm blessed for that and i uh, i think i love it now is that kind yeah. of um but yeah the, the power lifting the lifting is that what you what you do really to, to kind of decompress to step step away i mean what what else outside because again, our, our jobs can can be stressful, and you know, in a typical year, we're, we're traveling, we're living out of suitcases a lot of times, going back and forth. I mean, what what, what do you do to kind of maintain, oh, yeah. right? Um, to to break away and and have some time for George, kind of thing. Well, my wife says she's still watching, so my first answer is going to be sex yeah. with my wife. Um, that that that's <laughs> don't get in trouble. That's why I say something with, with her and only her. <laughs> let's be clear. Let, please let's be clear. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, honestly, power. You, you, was, you didn't just put it all out there too, just now. Sure, so you, you know, know, it's all out there now. See, <laughs> see. <laughs> Dude, I'm, you know, we married twenty twenty plus years. Yeah. Four four beautiful kids. I ain't complaining. So we we um. But we uh, lifting weights obviously is clear. I, the, the idea was to exhaust myself mentally, right? So if you remember anything about me, the one thing that you might that you might learn is I'm awake like twenty four seven. My mind's always racing. I'm always working. I'm always reading. I'm always learning. I'm always trying to to get you know to understand what's happening. Get out in front of it. Uh, you know, I I uh, my my one of uh, my my boss right now. If he's watching. He he texts me all the time, like go to sleep, dude. Like 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 just <laughs> take some time off, do something, decompress. Like, he 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 texts me all the time on that, um, and it's it's a little bit of a struggle for me. I don't know why. I've always sort of been like a, a light sleeper. I can't I can't do it. So the idea was work is very stressful. Like you said, we yeah. were always before pre COVID, yeah. we were on planes all yeah. the time, yeah. uh, all over the world. I, I've been all over the world. Um, 
Uh, I just did a shout out on LinkedIn for the, I know, so I know so a lot of people read the article. Um, I, I just did a shout out. A lot of people caught feelings though. I think a lot of people aren't happy that Finland was, Finland is the <laughs> happiest country that. in the world. My team Finland, if you're watching, love you. I saw that. Yeah. And, and, and not a lot of people like you. So LinkedIn tells you how many people read your article and I got thousands of views of the article and like seven people liked it. So I know it's all haters, right? Like a thousand people read it. And they're like, ah, oh, man, <laughs> talking man. Whatever, dude, I'm all about team Finland. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was in Scandinavia for in the Scandinavian countries for a couple of weeks. That was right before COVID. Um, and you know we're always in the world, right, all over the world. And and that is mentally exhausting. Yeah. Um, but what happens is, and this is something that you probably and your family probably doesn't appreciate that, and your viewers probably don't appreciate this. We can't turn it off because once we come home, mm. something else happened that we have to be aware of. Yes. We never get to, and, and families don't understand that you can never turn it. That's off. a that's a it, good it, point. It, say, it, say it, hold on, say, stop, Rex. Um, say that one more time, right? Because I, mean, I, I want you to, I want folks to to compartmentalize that. I mean, say, say that again. I mean, from the perspective of where you and I, where we're coming from, uh, you know, I mean, that that's really critical. I think because one of the things I'm trying to focus on for this year is mental health, primarily mental health for men. And now you're adding a whole nother aspect to folks that are in our particular industry. And again, like I said before, always being on. So I, I, I want to hear that. Just I, I'm being selfish. I want to hear that again for myself. No, no, that's fine. We, we can never turn it off. Right. We can never turn the, what we do off because something always happens. Right. Um, yet I'll give you an example. Right. This is the way our industry works. Liquid hard drives. Somebody announced we got a breakthrough. Liquid hard drives might be the next thing. It probably isn't, but let's say it is. Quantum computing, right? These are things that are happening, the conversations that are happening. Now we're immediately thrusting it because someone will ask us yes. what yes. if we have any plans, if we're looking at it. And that's what they don't understand. Like that's what people don't understand. So in, in, in our roles, in, in our it's going to be thrust upon us. So either you can say, I don't know, or you go and you prepare to have that conversation. Um, you know, Amazon makes an announcement that they're, revi- they're revamping uh, outposts and how they're going to deploy things. Mm-hmm. Guess what mm-hmm. we got to go do? Yeah. We got to go learn everything there is to learn about yeah. outposts to have this conversation so that we can have a different perspective. Hey, Azure Stack is probably coming in and maybe they're now going to revert and go on-prem. We got to go have that conversation, yep. right? GCP is doing different things. Got to have that conversation. Hey, did you see that Pure Storage added this cert- security certification? They didn't, but let's say they did. We got to go understand that. Like it's it's it it never it never turns off, right? And it's 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 one of those things that it's technology is one of those things that it's an industry, and this is part of what you want to share with kids. Though it is a, it is an industry that is always racing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you can never be out in front. Never. No one true. is ever out in front. That no. is true. That, that speaks but, but you want to be close to the front, right? You don't want to be at the, t- like, you never want to be bleeding edge. You always, but you, you don't want, but you want to be cutting edge. You yeah. definitely don't want to be last, right? <laughs> and so, so like, if you think about it, like a comet, right? You don't, you can't be at the tail end of the comet. You're dead. But you don't want to be in the front because you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be burn crashing. Up. <laughs> yeah, you're going to burn up. So you want to be as close to the back of the comet as possible. 
And that's that's really the best way I, I kind of describe oh, I technology, that. right? Like being as close to the back of the comet as you possibly can, and 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 just that's that's our job, right? Uh, and a lot of in traditional engineering coders and stuff like that, I understand they're, they're the heart and the soul of our industry, but their focus gets to be isolated. They get to focus on what they're doing, right? Our role as technologists, as advisors, as as ambassadors of technology, if you will. Unfortunately, we got to go deep and wide. Yes, and yeah. and and it's it's just it's a never ending thing. And there's a lot of us out there, right? And there's and it's a it's a we're I don't want to go you know I don't want to go crazy patting ourselves on the back or all that stuff or, or complaining about our high paying job, but like first world problems, right? But it's it's <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. But it, it it still it doesn't it doesn't lessen the fact um, we are constantly those of us who are not learning are going to be left behind, and that's and that's. So we just never can turn it off, right? We just point. can never turn it off. That's right? a good point. That's a good point. Look, I want to be cognizant of your time, brother. I, I know you got some weight that you need to put up. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you got some things, but I, I've got two and a half more questions to ask you. Um, Fire away. One, I'll just, I want to make a statement. And one of them, thank you for your service, brother, because I know you spent seven years in, in, in the Army. So we appreciate you for that. And I want folks to know that. I, I, I'm going to recognize yeah, you where you need to be. No, no, no. Let, let, me, let me come. Let me okay. Come go, 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 go where so, you want to go, so brother. Go I, was, I, was in, I, was, I was in the Army Reserves. Yeah. And I did two years uh, active. And then I did six years inactive. So I are so so I did my I did my two years and I was done. You so did what you look, but 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 you was in yeah. there. You, you was in there For doing what you needed. I to was do. in there. Okay, and then I got so. my discharge. I got my discharge papers in '98, so okay. I can never go back. <laughs> they, they don't want you back, huh? They don't want me back. They don't who, who's who wants to come back? George? No, we we don't want him back up in here. Nah, you you want to laugh though? You want to talk about your, what your wife said? Your wife took your yeah. wife made you take. You might, your wife needs to take you off. Yeah, so, so yeah, so I'll say, I'll say that. So everyone knows the, the family knows the story. I was with oh, HP for twenty years, uh, and then Dell called and made an offer that my wife couldn't refuse. So that, that's why I, <laughs> I went to Dell. So yeah, that, that is that is hilarious. I have a very similar story. I got two stories like that, but I don't know. I'll tell you this. Uh, but after two thousand, after two thousand one, after nine eleven, mm-hmm. uh, I was in I was in New York that way. Very very emotional um, kind of experience. And a few months after it had passed. Um, the military called me back okay. and they said, and they said, you've been out for a few years, but you're in the technology field. We'd love for you to come back. And at the time, my wife and I um, were thinking about buying a property. We hadn't bought anything yet. You know, we're still just young and starting out on our career. And um, I was like, well, if you guys did housing, I consider it. No, you know, housing is a, if you, you might, you know, the housing is a wait list and it's, yeah. a, it's a promise and a dream that don't really, that really doesn't come true. Um, so, I said, all right, look, I'll tell you what, I still want to do this. This might be cool. How much, what's, what would be the annual salary essentially? And they gave me, they gave me the number. Yeah. So I, I told my wife, I said, you know, honey, the NSA, and I have to go back into the military, but then I get a job in the NSA. So she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Listen, if that's what you want to do. Um, what are what are you, what are they offering? Like how much, how much is it just out of curiosity? So when I told her the number, she's like, what? Are you stupid? That's like 40% less than you're making in your current job. Get the hell out of here. You better call them back you and say no. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> it, was, it was just hilarious the way, she, the way that conversation happened, though, because it was like, you know what, babe? If that's what you want to do, I get it. I appreciate it. You know, of course, you know, this was emotional for you. That's a good idea. And I, but just out of curiosity, how much were they paying? It was like, what the hell out of here? I don't know. You're so, you're so crazy. That. You're not going back. No place. <laughs> I 
was, I was just like, yes, dude. You yes, said like, you better put that suit and tie on and put them fatigues down. You got to put yeah. the fatigues on right now. Right. Next, day, next day I was on the phone. I'm like, next day I was on the phone like, Nah, man, my uh, my, my wife said, said I can't come out and play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it was. My wife yeah. said. And so next thing I wanted to ask, I know you you in Texas. Hopefully everything is okay after all that tumultuous weather that, that was had out there. Are you and the family safe out there? We are. Um, I will say this for anybody who's watching. Uh, just the number just came out today, actually. Uh, the death toll from that, from that storm yeah. was over 100 people. So... My heart goes out to every person, mm. every family who lost anyone. I mean, that's just irresponsible. Mm. Um, it was just reprehensible. I don't even want to get into the politics of how much I hate how this happened, why this happened, the people involved and how this happened. A hundred people did not need to die. Yeah. And, and that's just sad. Mm. Um, having said that, I am blessed and grateful. My brother and sister up the street, my wife and I, the kids are safe, perfectly safe and sound. All right. That's, that's, that's good news to hear for sure. Um, maybe two more quick questions, but they're, they're, they're related. Um, <laughs> let, let's, let's talk a little music. What's, okay. what, 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 you got when, when, when you, when you lift in the big weight, you know, uh, what, what's you listening if, to? I know what you listening to, but, but, yeah, but tell the folks yeah. what you listening to when you pull, pull yeah. up the big weight. So, so, you know, right. But yeah. so I'll tell you what, what I was, um, <laughs> funny you say that I was just, um, just playing it in the car right now for my wife. So you can see, I don't know if you can see it literally. I don't know. Can you see it? Let me put the camera. Can you see it? So I was just, I was oh, just jamming oh, that. Old school. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last jam that was on the radio while I was finishing my back workout. So normally I'm keeping it in the flavor that I like, which is going to be tribe. And, oh, uh, sorry, Tribe Call Quest and uh, De La Soul. <laughs> I tell, you don't know who's listening, right? So I, I can tell you, this, this, these people, like, they're like, Tribe, is he listening to Indian music? What is he listening Yeah, Tribe, what is it? No, no, it's oh uh, I, I, yeah, Tribe Call Quest and De La Soul is what I like to listen to. Um, but you know, you know this probably better than anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm always pumping. I, I'm always pumping. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Rest, baby, rest in peace. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm always pumping uh, Biggie. I mean, mm. I'm always pumping Biggie. I'm yeah. always pumping Biggie. Is I don't have a single playlist that doesn't have Biggie in it. Uh, I got slow jams that I got. I got to throw. I think Biggie in, <laughs> which I know my wife is like what, but this still happens. Um, and and I'm always I'm I, and I know this is very East Coast bias or new very New York bias, but uh, I'm I, I never get away from Jay Z or or Mary either, right? Like Mary, oh, yeah, Mary and Method, Mary, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. All I Wu Tang, uh, yeah. Mary, there's two women that if they ever, well, one has passed away, but two women, if they ever would have come to my house, they'd be treated like royalty. Mary J. Blige, obviously, is one. Celia Cruz, who passed away, the great Cuban Latin singer, she's the other. Um, and uh, But Mary J. Blige, I took my wife to see her at Radio City Music Hall. And, and my wife was like a kid. My wife loves Mary. And she was like a kid, just glued the whole time. Like, I don't think she blinked for three hours just like this the whole time, just taking it all in. Yeah. My wife's so, like that Mary, with John Legend, so I, so I understand yeah. the whole the whole yeah, me, mesmerizing. Me too, though. <laughs> me, me too. John Legend starts singing. I'm kind of like, like I, I don't think I don't I don't think I'm gay, but like this, you know, I can't. But, he, but he may like me too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like maybe if John is, you know, maybe if John you know, is this, could, this could be that night. <laughs> <laughs> no, John, John, John Legend is he's, yeah. he's the truth um, but yeah big, I'm always big right now I got some what I love is Spotify so for people who don't know this I'm sure everybody knows 
But what I love about Spotify is you pick a song and then you you go to radio of that song and yeah. then it plays other. So Moment of Clarity by Jay-Z has is, is been my theme song probably since, since it came out. Uh, I, I never got, I love that song. And then I put that as a, I was a radio and then that becomes my playlist. And then, you know, the, my wife just wanted to remind everyone. She's my wife is part of this interview. You have to do a separate interview with Susie George's wife. Let's do uh, it. But she, <laughs> uh, she, uh, she wanted to remind everyone that we grew up in New York City. And we grew up going to clubs, and yeah. and there's a good, there's a nice document. There's actually a fun documentary about that. It's not fun. It's it'll blow. It's funny that I'm calling it fun, but it'll it'll blow people's minds what went on in this country. But clubs in New York City used to let used to let kids in, teenagers, right, yes. 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And there's a documentary about it, about the limelight and, and Peter Gation and, and that you know in that time. And we used to go to all these clubs. So we were house music, like we were house music like addicts. Now my brother Harry, he is he's listening. I want him to hear this. He maybe get the replay. He is you know proud black African, and he he is all about it. He never heard house music. Now he's from he, yeah he is from here in Texas. Okay. And I and I said to him, you cannot call yourself African and not like Chicago house music. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't. You, you can't. Have that like, in I'm you. sorry. You got, you got to have I, that in you. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. So as far as I'm concerned, you're you're from Switzerland. You're white and you have blue eyes. And, <laughs> you're from Finland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're from Finland. Because like, how can you not be down? So like, we got one of my wife's really one of her best friends, Cynthia. Her, her husband Derek. They're from Chicago. So shout out to them. He he is um he's a DJ. So I be I it's now again New York Chicago house music rivalry is a real thing, people. There's an underground gangs wars that y'all aren't. We're not ready for this, America. <laughs> New York and Chicago house music battles. You're not ready. You don't know what happens. All, all folks um, know about is R. Kelly and Stepping, right? But then R. Kelly <laughs> fell off, so we can't talk about him uh, no more. So we'll, no, we're yeah, we'll, don't don't bring that up. Don't do it. Yeah. It's not that kind of show. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that, that was that was that was that was hard. You know what's funny though? You know what's crazy about us? And, and and this is where maybe some people have a point. I, we're just going all over the place. But this is where people have a point, though. We can be a little hypocrites. Because, like, when shit came out about Michael, when it came out about R. Kelly, our first reaction was like, you don't know. Why are you talking about <laughs> yeah, you right? <laughs> our first reaction, right? But then the truth then the truth comes out. Like, and oof. then you're like, oh, damn, he messed up. Oof. Like, <laughs> So, like if so, we didn't defend him. <laughs> let, me, let me throw a little something at you. So I'm actually a, a cousin to Bill Cosby. No shit, really? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just going to put that out. I'm just going to let that right marinate right there, right? I can't really Man. talk about him right now because, you know, we got some no. we got some issues in the family. But, yeah, there you, there you yeah. go, right? <laughs> wow. So I, 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 I feel it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that one hits me hard, but I never knew that about you. Yeah. So that one hits me hard because I, uh, for years, people used to ask me about my parents. They used to say it was Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby and Felicia Rashad, they're my parents. Um, because like most of the life lessons I learned came from the Cosby show. Yeah. Like who, who I want to be. And you talked about my storytelling at the beginning of the interview. He was a major influence in my, that show was a major influence in my life. Like he was, he was, he was my father figure, role model, always wearing a different college sweatshirt, keeping the family close, calling his family knuckleheads when they acted like knuckleheads. Telling jokes. Dad is great. Give us chocolate cake. Uh, no, I still. <laughs> right? I, I used to do a big Cosby hit. Bill. I used to do like Eddie Murphy, like Bill in the kitchen. Right? So I used to do that all the time. 
J E L L. So, but he, I don't know, in that show was a brownstone in Brooklyn that he owned, right? Okay. So, I mean, that show was like, for me, that was, it was very painful, very painful. <laughs> when I first found out about his dirt, I was like, you feel, like, feel my pain, man, brother. There, so, there we go. There, there we go. A little counseling session for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But anyway, so house music is a, is a big, is a big, big thing. My boy Derek is a tremendous DJ. I play him on, uh, on SoundCloud, um, okay. I got find Digi. I forgot. His, I already, I already lost this thing. I will give him a shout out, but uh, he, he is a tremendous DJ. Chicago. If you go, people who listen to SoundCloud and want to hear good house music, just Google Chicago house. He'll come up. Uh, it's the truth, man. And uh, New York house music is dope too. But I mean, the, the sounds, the jamming sounds are from Chicago. There's just no question about it. And that's where house music really was born. And it, it's, it's the truth. I mean, it's just, it's, it's 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 just real, um, I, and we just my wife and I still love house music. We play it all the time in in the house. Uh, we try to get our kids on it, and the kids don't want to hear that nonsense. <laughs> they want to hear. Well, we, 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 we'll, we'll we'll talk later about, about what it is. This mess that they listening to right now, because I, I'm not sure what yeah. it is. To be honest with you, they, uh, this, this stuff I cannot comprehend. I, I all this mumbling and doing. I, I need I need some real. More, more, you know, I need some things to I can relate to. So, um, I'm, I'm with you on that. George, man, let me tell you something, man. This has been more fun than anything, brother. I, I appreciate you. It's, 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 it's good I to see you. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, you know, it's good to see you doing well. Uh, good to see you smiling. I mean, again, you you come out the, out the gate with just 200% energy, and, and folks love that. I love that. I miss the fact that we're uh, not under the same umbrella talking about it, but, you know, we, we're still in the same uh-huh. industry. Pass, cross, right? This industry is so yeah. small. One, one of these days, you know, we, we, we may have to start up our own thing or whatever. I'm not sure, but. Oh, um, I'll, I'll be into it, dude. I will be into it. Let me, so let me, let me close with this before, yeah. you know, before we, we say goodbye here. Yeah. First of all, same. good to see you. You look fantastic. And I'm glad you're doing really well. I really am. Uh, it's been too long. I'm glad that we stay connected. Um, I really am glad we stay connected. So a bunch of people on LinkedIn heard that we were doing this, right? And I got like four, I got at least four, no exaggeration, four text messages. Yo, dude, you going to Dell? I was like, what? I'm like, nah, I'm not going to Dell. You, bro, you, you talking to James? You like, talking you to Dell? What's up? <laughs> like, you going, I'm like, nah, man, James is my boy. We go back and, and we just, we're just going to kick it. Oh, okay, but like these people all nerd. Like you go, you sure you're not going to tell? Like no, this conversation ain't even about it. Like, don't even worry about it. Uh, but uh, so I thought that was I thought that was hilarious. Is people just don't get it? But yeah. um, but ho- hopefully they do. But we got to check in soon, man. And I, I definitely want to check back in when I've made some more progress on some of these things that I want to work on, and then yes, you know, maybe give you some updates on that, right? Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. That, that's 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 what's up, right? Again, and, and I told you the whole reason behind what what I'm doing is really to shine the light on folks and their individual opportunities and their individual tasks. Uh, I just want to turn the lights on, press record, and let you talk about what it is that you're doing because I think those conversations plus those uncomfortable conversations need to happen. Right. And, brother, uh, you're, you're such a good band. For everyone that you touch, I, I swear, is truly blessed <laughs> because, cause, man, 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 take these flowers, brother. Take these flowers, man. You you, you do <laughs> what like, you do. <laughs> and and I, 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 I promise you, 
your style is in my style. There's a lot of what you do that, that I've taken in terms of my conversations and my delivery with folks. I keep I keep it real. I bring wow. I, I enlighten and entertain and educate that that that's really is one of my taglines right now. And and those are the three things that you do. So I appreciate you for being a uh, role model for me. Right. In terms of my professional career as well. So I, I, I can tell you, you are already great. So I hope I didn't screw anything up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciate that. That's uh, that's that's it's humbling. Um, I really appreciate that. But it's uh, like I said, man, I just um, I, I don't know what to say. That's that's I'm humbled. I don't <laughs> it's all I'm good, brother. Man. It's all good, brother. It's, it's, it's from, it's from yeah, the heart. <laughs> oh, there go mama saying it's come. It's time to eat, right? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, brother. I, I'll talk to you later. I appreciate you, and we will connect. Uh, stay well. Tell the family that that uh, to stay safe. And again, I appreciate you for everything you do, brother. We out. Same, same, but love. <laughs>